guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. Today on the podcast, we have Carly Stein, the CEO and founder of Beekeepers Naturals. Carly is an inspiring 27-year-old Goldman Sachs trader turned bee whisperer. She is on a mission to save the bees while educating people on the integral role they play in our food and ecosystem. She is a beekeeper herself who developed a delicious and innovative bee-made nutraceutical product line that provides effective natural solutions to help fight illness and poor nutrition. On this episode, we discuss how battling an autoimmune condition for most of her life led Carly to finding her passion and a way to heal herself through the remarkable properties of bee products. She also talks about turning that passion into an international business and taking a courageous leap for the sake of her own happiness. We also learn so much about bees and beekeeping directly from Carly's experience. We are true fans and users of Beekeepers Naturals products and are so happy to be able to offer our listeners a 15% discount code. Visit beekeepersnaturals.com and use the code courageousbees15 at checkout, or go to our Instagram page for the link in our bio. It can also be found in today's show notes. I absolutely love the propolis spray. It is great for immune health, and as a singer, it has kept me healthy through the holiday season. We also love her superfood honey, her bee chill hemp oil honey, and the cocoa honey is extra delicious. So please enjoy this episode and happy holiday shopping. Beekeepers Naturals. And can you tell us a little bit about the company, the brand, but also how did you, you know, late 20s, beautiful young woman become a beekeeper? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird one. So yeah, so Beekeepers Naturals, it is a health product company. We do all kinds of sustainably sourced superfoods from the hive. And so we go way beyond honey, and basically what we do is we take all the bad shit that you take, whether it's NyQuil or study drugs or, you know, stuff for your anxiety or energy drinks, and we make natural versions of them, um, and things that are actually good for your body in addition to combating whatever effect it is that you need or whatever problem you have, and we use one of the ingredients from the beehive as the active ingredient in each of our formulas, because beyond honey... The beehive has so many incredible superfoods from royal jelly to propolis to pollen. And in learning about the application of these foods, I was like, oh shit, I don't need to take this medicine that's causing this adverse reaction. So that's sort of what we do. Mm-hmm. And how I got into beekeeping, it's interesting. So it was very accidental. I didn't grow up wanting to be a beekeeper. That would be a little weird. Um, but I did grow up with an autoimmune condition. And with that autoimmune condition... I can't really take antibiotics, Mm -hmm. and I was always sick. I have a really weak immune system. I'm very susceptible to illness, and when I did get sick, I really didn't have any options because, you know, antibiotics are out of the question. Most conventional medicine that you would buy, you know, at CVS um, just doesn't work for my body, Mm -hmm. so I would end up just being sick for, like, weeks at a time, Mm -hmm. Um, and it sucked. Like And it was also dangerous because, for me, a common cold could develop into something pretty serious Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. So that was just sort of the state of affairs in my life. Mm. Um, And, you know, because of that, it pushed me to always really aggressively explore the natural world. I was Mm. always searching for this cure. And 
I learned a lot and I, I'm a big, I mean, you guys just saw me make a 20 ingredient tonic. <laughs> um, I'm a big believer in natural superfoods, but for things like addressing real health concerns, what was happening to me was I was spending a lot of time and money on these superfoods that promised the world that didn't really deliver for on the results that I needed yeah. based on how bad my condition was. So I was like a little obsessed with natural, but I was also really disillusioned with a lot of the products in the market and just kind of frustrated and always sick. And when I was in college, I did a semester abroad. Uh, of course, I got sick when I was in Italy because like that's what happens. And um, I was going to have to come home and have surgery because, mm-hmm. you know, things were developed. I, I had really severe tonsillitis, tonsillitis that was developing um, rapidly and I couldn't breathe and I was going to have to come home and get my tonsils removed and it was just a whole thing. And I was like, I don't want to go home because I busted my ass waitressing to get on this exchange uh, and be able to afford to go to Europe and I don't want to cut this short again and like miss out on everything like life FOMO for always being sick. Um, so I was looking for anything to cure me and mm. I went into a pharmacy in Florence and the pharmacist took one look at me and she was like, you need propolis. And I was like, what is propolis? And she was like, the bees. She was like, nope, propolis. And I was like, okay, language barrier for your weird way of saying honey, but into (laughs) it. Um, And I I bought this propolis from her and it was like a black glass tincture with no label. Mm. (laughs) I was like, cool, (laughs) mystery medicine. Um, But I started taking it and it was the first time in my life I experienced recovery. So it wasn't overnight. But it was like, you know, within a few days, basically my body reacted the way normal people's bodies do to antibiotics. And Mm. I had my first ever experience of healing. Mm. That's Um, incredible. Yeah. It gets me like goosebumps to hear. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was really life changing because I mean, it sounds like, you know, a little thing, but when I say I was sick, like I would be sick for weeks at a Mm -hmm. time. And honestly, I had a lot of situations where a cold developed into something that would land me in the hospital and being able to recover like that with just this like weird natural stuff and not, you know, breaking out in hives or having mm-hmm. the typical adverse reactions I was used to was such a game changer. So I make a full recovery and I'm still, you know, a student exploring Europe. So certainly was not thinking about a company at that time, but I did start really learning about bee products because in, you know, in North America, we don't have a great awareness of anything beyond honey, but in the rest of the world, like we were just talking about how you spent time in Tokyo and learned all about propolis in the rest of the world, these different superfoods from the hive, they've been used for like all kinds of ailments. And so as I was traveling around in France, I learned about Royal jelly for the brain. And then in Copenhagen, I started using bee pollen and everywhere I went, people were just using these things to Mm. cure themselves or boost their wellness in different ways. And I became kind of obsessed. Mm -hmm. And then I came home, got strep throat again. I was in my final year of college and I couldn't find propolis anywhere. And when I went to the health food store, people had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was with my autoimmune, I have to be really careful with pesticide exposure. Mm -hmm. And like, even with my produce, I really have to be careful. Mm -hmm. I have to do like it's very annoying. I have to, like making a salad takes two hours because I have to do like a deep wash on my greens. Mm. Um, but I'm very allergic to pesticides. So with even just like with honeys and stuff, even the organic ones, I mm. couldn't really use them. And so it's like, okay, I guess I have to start beekeeping mm. <laughs> just to get this stuff. Yeah. And again, like not thinking about it as a company, I just, I found something that worked for me and I needed to get my hands on it to feel well. So I started beekeeping and my friends literally thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like very confusing of yeah. what I was doing on the weekends um, with like some 60-year-old Romanian dude and like 100,000 like, bees. How did you, what was your first experience? Were, were you like, I need to go find someone who's a beekeeper. Like, <laughs> yep. I need to go find someone who knows how to do this? Well, exactly. Okay. I, so I went online and I just looked up local beekeeping association because I figured mm. they have like unions around these things. Um, and I sent an email to their general info account and they passed my email off to one of their members who like works a lot with propolis. And I went and met him. And at first I was just like looking to buy raw propolis from him. Mm-hmm. And then the second I was around the bees, I was just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I've always been such a nature girl mm-hmm. and I'm 
obsessed with all kinds of creatures and animals. And the second I was around the bees, I was just like, I should be doing this. Mm. Wow. And so I basically begged him to let me work for him for free. Mm. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I became a beekeeper's apprentice. And then it was nice because I was a student. Mm -hmm. So I had... And, like, I was doing a lot of sciences at the time, so I had, like, access to the lab, and I had access to my university database. And then I'd go to the hives and, like, mess around with these different ingredients. So I did this real deep dive on bee products and their different applications for different conditions, and I started just making products. And it it was totally not meant to be a business. I did not – like, that didn't even cross my mind. I didn't have the confidence Mm -hmm. to even consider myself for a position like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, this is cool. I can make this. And I started, yeah, just making products and sharing them with friends. And next thing you know, people on campus were Facebook messaging me to buy, like, weird bee products out of some chick's dorm room. And I was like, okay, I guess there's kind of a market for this. Like a mini market at your university? You were in Canada at the time? Yeah, I was. I went to school in um, British Columbia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really amazing. But so... You became a beekeeper's apprentice. Yes. Then you wound up in New York at some point? Yeah. So Can you I'm, tell us about that? Yeah. So interesting life path yeah. <laughs> to what I really want to do. Um, so making all these bee products, mm-hmm. literally the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. Like just in this amazing discovery phase, I got off a lot of meds that I was on, um, cured my psoriasis, like all kinds of health issues that have plagued me for my entire life were just, you know, mm-hmm. melting away, which was amazing. Um, and I was just like voraciously reading about bee products. It was just really great. But then I was graduating and, um, when I was in college, when I was in my summers, I interned at the Clinton foundation and I did a bunch of jobs. So I was an intern, but one of the things I did there was I led their prescription drug abuse initiative. Cause mm-hmm. I've always been really passionate about drug reform because I think that a lot of people are given pharmaceuticals they shouldn't be given Mm -hmm. myself included um, in the past and um, so I had a background in research and because of that I got a job offer at a hedge fund out of school and that makes a lot more sense to your friends and family going to work at a fancy hedge fund than starting a bee product company which people (laughs) thought was like batshit crazy Mm. Um, and I also again it was the confidence thing I was like I don't know how to start a company I'm not good enough to do that I'm not the Mm. type of person who does that all that bullshit we say out of fear um and so I went to work at this hedge fund and I was there for about 10 months and then 10 months in I got recruited by Goldman Sachs and I joined them as a trader and then I was at Goldman for just over two years and I learned a lot but Mm. was so unhappy yeah um that was like I've always tended towards anxiety but during that phase of life was the first time I really got depressed like I was really isolated I was grappling with this weird thing where I had this job that was great on paper and I was getting more external positive feedback than I'd ever received in my life. Mm. Um, but I was more disconnected and more unhappy than I'd ever been. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I have, you know, a stable, good job. I'm getting a lot of positive validation and I feel so out of line Mm. with everything. And like, I can't, I'm like having anxiety about waking up to go to work tomorrow and, it was just this like very, not to mention the fact that I was working analyst hours and pulling yeah. nighters all the time, um, but I was just really depressed. Yeah. And so I kind of sat down with myself and did the thing that I was good at at the time, which is making spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And I made a spreadsheet about happiness, trying to identify when I was last happy and how to get back there. And the biggest thing that came up was when I was making products and sharing products. Mm. And so then I was like, okay let's be practical here. Some of the guys I work with have like crazy bougie hobbies, like flying planes and stuff like wall street bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, why can't I have a weird hobby too? Like I'll just make bee products. (laughs) (laughs) Super chill. I'll just make bee products in my one bedroom shoebox of a Manhattan apartment. Um, but I did, I started doing that. I started, you know, sourcing from my beekeeping mentor I reached out to my college chemistry professor and I got connected to a contract chem facility and I just started really slowly putting these pieces together, Mm. Um, literally using Google to build a business, just being like, how do you do this? I don't know. And because I wasn't coming at it from a place where I was trying to build a business, I was just like, it was just very, it was just kind of like an intuitive moving through motions. I was just like, this is what I have to do right now. Mm -hmm. I need this to get this. Let's 
figure it out. And so I started doing that and I started, you know, making products um, and I would fly home to Toronto and stand at farmer's markets on Saturday and Sunday and sell these bee products. And uh, then I would fly home to Toronto and go around with a backpack to health food stores and try to ask people to like carry my product. Yeah. Um, and eventually got to a point where we were in 600 stores across Canada. Wow. And then we, you know, we built a website and then we started shipping internationally. And a few months later I was like, oh shit, someone needs to like run this company now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real thing. And I was like, I, and then I, and then from that point, it sounds so easy. Someone needs to run this company now. From that point, I spent the next six months in therapy, having anxiety about leaving like the best job in the world on paper to do something incredibly speculative yeah, that right. everyone thinks is like a stupid decision. Right. Um, but I really wanted to run yeah. this company and try this. And I didn't know how to, and I didn't know that I could, but I was like, look, what I'm doing right now isn't sustainable. I'm not happy. This is not mm-hmm. the life I ever wanted. Yeah. Um, and I need to figure out what is or mm-hmm. else I'm going to miss it. And so eventually I left and I kind of blew up my life. I was like, everything about me made sense to my social group. Yeah. I had just purchased an apartment with my live-in boyfriend mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, he like we both had sort of like very corporate jobs and we had friend groups who were starting to get engaged. And then I just like left my job, broke up with him, booked a ticket to Bali and like <laughs> looked like I was having a new prayer love experience. But really what I was doing was listening to myself and getting yeah. away from all the voices yeah. and all the criticism. Cause there was a lot like yeah. people, some of the people who are the closest to me in the world literally interventioned me mm. and not in like a jokey, like, cute bee product company way but like a we're concerned about you because you're fucking up your life way wow yeah. which was really scary when you're taking leaps like that that yeah. you're already yeah that you're already yeah you have your own sense of like fear about it maybe mm-hmm. coming up and then you're and then it's affirmed a lot of voices <laughs> a lot of external voices but that's so incredible that you went with your gut and you knew you were and also that your happiness and the risk for something that could bring you that kind of happiness meant more than anything could ever look on paper that was making you so miserable. And that's so courageous because so many people live their whole lives and are scared to take that leap or listen. It's so interesting, the voices. Of course, your friends love you and they were concerned about you, but I think there is something to having to go through that to solidify that this is something that your heart and passion is guiding you towards those growing pains. It's really interesting because, you know, we talk about this too. It's like when you learn to, we talk about this with our own kind of experiences in the last year, Uh, personally, when you learn to listen to whatever that intuitive voice is that we all have, but oftentimes can like intellectually talk ourselves out of, when you learn to like even tune out your own mind comments and just like listen to whatever that sort of deeper intuition is, it doesn't steer you wrong. Mm-mm. I've, I mean, I've learned that in some hard ways yeah. when, because when you do ignore it, you're not living in a place that's aligned with maybe your greater purpose or what will bring you that joy. Yeah. Yeah, your gut knows, and sometimes it can be really hard to hear your gut because yeah. it's telling you something that's not comfortable or that's right. scary, and you just want to like settle into something, yeah. um, and you fight it, and yeah. I think that's when you find pain, Yeah, when you ignore that. like You really do know what you need and know what's right, and it takes a lot of bravery sometimes to listen to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's something we, we hear on this podcast all the time. I mean, we are courageous wellness, and mm-hmm. people are telling us stories <laughs> of like, their courage kind of in the wellness sphere and what that the courage that it takes but it's it's true it's sort of a common factor that I keep hearing over and over in people's stories which is pretty incredible yeah right yeah it's very true even like Ali was saying even in our own journeys that resistance or things coming up that are just so uncomfortable or people who aren't supportive and you just have to get through that and have conviction in yourself to be like I'm, 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 I'm going to choose myself over anything else. 
But I love that you made a happiness spreadsheet. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, oh my Such gosh, I love that you made a happiness spreadsheet. <laughs> that just makes me so happy. But I think too, like the slowing down of that, because when we move so fast or we move so fast, yeah, we have anxiety. Our body physically reacts to stress, but if we don't slow down enough, like you did to be like, when was the last time I was happy? What was I doing? That's a really important step, mm-hmm. I think, to, mm-hmm. to talk to yourself and get to know the uncomfortable parts of ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes you have to really lay it out because it really gets buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it really gets, there's so many layers of other people's expectations and like stories we tell ourselves and so it can be really really hard to actually listen to our gut yeah do you feel now that you're running the company and you've had like a certain degree of success with the company as well um do you feel like it's easier to hear that voice or to trust that gut definitely it's it's like it's like everything it's flexing a muscle like the more you flex that muscle that is listening to yourself the better you get and I mean I'm definitely not perfect perfect like I have self-doubt about things all the time and like sometimes Mm -hmm. but I can I can really clearly see now when I fumble it's when I'm not listening to my gut yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um can you talk to us a little bit about beekeeping as well because I think that's so fascinating um and with the suit and the bees and the honey what is (laughs) the the whole process process like but also I imagine there's not like so many women in the beekeeping world it's actually a very male it's it's interesting. It's like a, typically it's a generational trade and it's mm. very much male dominated. So when I used to, you know, now it's my whole job looks a little different because I'm CEO of a company. So I'm not, you know, beekeeping every day. But when I was really actively practicing, I would go to union meetings and things like that. And I was like this little girl <laughs> who's like also this like little annoying hippie girl who's like <laughs> preaching about sustainability and asking people like how they're, these people who've been working with bees for like a hunt, like just passed down in their family for generations being like, oh, you're using this dip. You know, if you use an essential oil blend and they're just like, oh my God, get, <laughs> who let this weird hippie girl in? Um, but yeah, so it is definitely, there is a profile and that's changing and, you know, more and more people are starting to practice beekeeping, whether it's like backyard beekeepers or people moving into the commercial space. Um, so it's definitely looking differently. And we actually have this initiative on our blog called Unveiled. Mm. When you're beekeeping, you wear a veil, mm-hmm. um, where we unveil sustainable beekeepers from around the world. And we like to feature a lot of female beekeepers just to show like a different faces of beekeeping. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. yeah. And if anyone's interested in getting into it, it's a really cool series. Beekeepersnaturals.com. Um, the blog page unveiled. Just check it out. It's great. But yeah. So yeah, beekeeping definitely does um, traditionally has had a profile of person that comes into it. And then actual beekeeping is so fun. It's not as challenging as people think. So you wear the suit. I actually don't wear the suit that much or I'll wear like really? half the suit sometimes. Um, I'm not super scared of getting stung anymore. The but bees are like your people. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Do you get stung? I mean, I'm assuming you would get oh, stung yeah. from time to time. From time to time, for sure. Do you think, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but do you think that, because um, some people obviously have an allergy to bee mm-hmm. stings, but do you think that like using the honey, propolis, all the different sort of bee pollen products can combat that allergy? Like, can you build a- Yeah, so bee venom is a different, like the actual thing that's in the stinger is uh-huh. different, a different chemical composition, like propolis, pollen, all the other stuff. Okay. Um, everything like propolis is different from honey, which is different from pollen. It's all pretty unique. So it's not a one size fits all thing, but a lot of people do use propolis and pollen and honey, particularly propolis. That's my number one recommendation to combat seasonal allergies Mm -hmm. because you're giving yourself sort of trace exposure to the plant life that's calling, causing the the allergic response. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing too, there was actually a study and it found that both water and ethanol extracts of propolis can inhibit mast cell production and mast cells are the precursor to histamine. Mm. So taking propolis generally, if you're allergic to stuff, can help to kind of reduce the allergic response. And then it's also anti-inflammatory. So it's like a really nice thing to sort of have. Um, I see a lot of people who use pollen for allergies too. That's a little bit tricky 
just because when you're doing that, you're literally microdosing with the allergen mm. and allergies. There's so much variance. Like yeah. you don't know specifically what wildflower you're allergic to or, you yeah. know, what time of year the pollen was harvested and it's, it's really hard. So I actually don't recommend that people use pollen to combat allergies. I, I tell people to start with propolis. Mm. This is so interesting. I yeah. feel like I'm getting like so much personal information because I have <laughs> bad allergies and I always have. Yeah. And you know, like you hear things. I, I don't know a lot about bees in mm-hmm. general. And obviously like as a singer, honey is always something you do for a throat soother. I also was always told that like if you're traveling to have some local honey, wherever you are can sort of help with allergies. So local is a bit of a thing too because... Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, so everybody has this idea that we need honey that's from a 10-mile radius. Mm -hmm. In the olden days, when a farm was full of, like, amazing wildflowers and different crops, 10-mile radius was awesome because you're directly exposing yourself to local plant life. Mm. Current agricultural practices are people do monocropping. So, like, a 10-mile radius farm is going to be, like, an almond Mm, farm or like you know it's monocrop so you're not exposing yourself to that variance so local does not actually matter in our current agricultural Mm. system and the biggest thing you want is to ensure that it's pesticide free that's Mm. sort of where it's at in terms of quality yeah because here's the thing too even if you are living in Japan and you're getting propolis from Brazil yeah propolis itself is an anti-inflammatory substance Mm -hmm. that's going to help to reduce your allergic response Mm. So, and, and it has a lot of other health benefits from immunomodulatory effects to high antioxidant com- content. Um, it's really helpful. It's a prebiotic. It's really great for reducing in, uh, inflammation in the intestines. Mm. It's antifungal, so it's great for candida. So there's all this good stuff about it. Mm. And what you want is just high quality mm. propolis honey pollen versus a local one that's going to give you trace amounts of pesticides, which mm. is the very thing that we're probably trying to detox out of our system. Right. Mm. Ooh, that's good so to know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, really. So, info. <laughs> so what is it like um, being around the bees? Like, you don't, you're not wearing the full suit. You guys should come beekeeping with me sometimes. Really? It's like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I will say yes, because I'm terrified yeah. and I want to do more things that scare yeah. me, but bees... Bees scare, bees scare me you a little bit. They scare a lot of people. Okay, so first thing about the bees, and you know me saying I do it without a suit sometimes. Um, so bees are not like wasps. Wasps are really aggressive. Bees, mm. they tend to, they're, they're actually pretty docile. They tend to not bother you mm. unless they feel threatened. Mm. Like bees, when bees sting us, they die. So yeah. bees have barbed stingers. And they can sting other creatures, like other predators, and sting and sting and live. But for human skin, their barbed stingers, when they sting us, it rips out their abdomen and they die. So literally, bees are not biologically meant to sting humans, which Mm -hmm. is like kind of a really sweet sentiment. They pollinate our food and make our flowers grow, and they die when they sting us, but they can sting other things to protect themselves. So that's just a cute bee fact. But (laughs) I love it. Beyond that... um, so one of the, bee, the ways the bees communicate is through pheromones. Mm. So if you're like really freaking out and in fight or flight mode, they're going to get more anxious and, you know, they're sense, sense a predator. Pheromones. Exactly. Okay. And then they're more inclined to sting you. And then once you get stung once, you do want to step away from the hives because that's, again, releasing the alarm signal. Mm-hmm. But if you're very calm, they, they don't most, and I mean, there's tons of different bee species. Some are more aggressive than others. Like Africanized bees are more aggressive. Um, but generally speaking, they don't, you know, they're not going to come after you, particularly mm. honeybees. And there's a lot of different solitary bees that don't even mm. sting at all. Wow. So that's just something to keep in mind. And then in terms of what it's like working with the bees, it's actually really meditative mm. for so many reasons. One, because of what I was just talking about, the fact that you literally, it's an activity where you actually have to stay calm or mm. else you yeah. run a risk. Yeah. It does really force you to get into a state and get into a zone. And you know how when you're meditating, you're sort of like, you're focused on one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with the bees and for me, like I'm a big meditator, but I also struggle with it. I have such an overactive mm-hmm. mind and there's only a few times I can really tune out. And that's like, you know, deep guided meditation, certain workouts. And when I'm working with the bees, when I'm working with the mm-hmm. bees, and that's why I fell in love with it so quickly. Everything else fades away. Like all my mm-hmm. anxieties, I'm just completely focused on these creatures in front of me. 
And I'm also just like really connecting with nature. Mm. Um, there's also something really amazing about being around the bees because of the sounds, like the hum mm. of the hives. Oh, I bet that's pretty, It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty relaxing. It's actually really calming. And then also all the aromatherapy because mm. with the honey and pollen and beeswax. Yeah. It sounds so beautiful. The flowers around you. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I think. We I, think her. I know, I know. I'll it's definitely a little wear a beekeeper suit. here. Yeah, I would wear a suit too. I'm not Yeah, there. no, 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 no. And we do, we do tell people to wear suits. I mean, getting stung a lot can be dangerous yeah. for anyone. Like I, actually, one of um, the girls on my team, Kat, is probably going to listen to this. <laughs> One of her first days working for the company, we went to the hives. And, like, her first day, I got stung by, like, 100 bees. And I'm not allergic to bees, but if you get stung by that many bees, I was wearing, like, a kimono thing, and they all just, like, got caught. It was really windy. I shouldn't have been around the hives when it's that windy. They all got caught in my kimono and were just, like, st- like bouncing off me and stinging me. Mm. And, um, yeah, my throat almost closed. I almost passed out. Kat was, like, a rock star. Her boss is, like, sitting on the ground, like, feeling like I'm going to puke. And she's like, what do you, what do you need right now? Like, <laughs> she's like so cute. Um, she's amazing. But, but yeah, it, you should definitely be wearing a bee suit, especially yeah. if you don't know if you're allergic or not. And having too many stings can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said as well, there's a whole new sort of vein of wellness called uh, BVT, bee venom therapy. A lot of people are using it to combat Lyme disease and they're mm. literally using bee stings oh, wow. um, and the venom in it to help heal their body. There's actually wow. one of my mentors is opening up the first bee venom therapy clinic in Romania and he's wow. looking at its effects on muscular disorders and things like multiple sclerosis. So wow. we're just in the early stages of learning about this, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting just sort of acknowledging that all the different things in the hive and surrounding the bees are very different. Like the chemical composition of royal jelly, totally different than honey. Yeah. Totally different nutritional benefits. Mm-hmm. Venom, totally different than the other ones. Like, I mean, they all have, of course, similar attributes, um, but they all have very different effects and mm-hmm. different healing potential. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing too, because especially like honey and propolis and all of your products, as medicine it's almost like going back you know there's so much technology and there's so much antibiotics and there's so much like big pharmaceutical money but there's so much healing power in these natural things that have existed forever thousands and thousands that have been practices forever and it's just so beautiful that you're bringing that back especially to the united states where we need that we need it (laughs) so much um how do you feel too about bees you know, becoming endangered mm-hmm. and everything that's going on with that. Yeah, and so that's mm-hmm. such a big thing. So first of all, just to what you're saying, I always say propolis is the OG antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't new. The first recorded human use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. Like in the 17th century, it was listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug and mm-hmm. people across cultures have used propolis for everything from the Incas used to drink it to reduce their fever. Um, people would use it for like topical sores, open Mm -hmm. wounds, Mm -hmm. the same way we use like neosporin, so it's antibacterial properties. Um, and it's been used as an immune booster just forever. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's very much a return to sort of the older ways, Mm. um, which I think is really amazing. So I think there's so much healing we can do before we start tampering with things. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so that, that is really sort of how we look at product building as well. Mm. We're trying Mm. to take these sort of natural tried and trusted things that humans have been using and then test the shit out of them with science. So that's our whole thing, like naturally sourced, obsessively tested. We're taking all natural ingredients and then applying the scientific rigor typical of the pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. world world, to make sure we're giving people stuff that actually works and no more like superfoods promising to make you look like Right. Al McPherson. Yeah, that gives you yeah. a fortune. A fortune on yeah. don't get any results. Because that from. was my life, and yeah. um, I needed stuff that worked. But yeah, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting thing. But about the cause, I mean, that... So we're a benefit corp. At the core of what we do, we're you all... Are? Yeah, we're that's all about amazing. saving the bees. We, yeah. we work really closely with UC Davis Bee Research. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we do a lot... We do different campaigns to help pass back some research dollars to them. And then in Canada, we work with the Canadian Bee Research Fund. And then also just our... Our product sourcing model, how it works is we work with a network of small-scale apiaries all over the world. And mm. what we're vetting them for is pesticide exposure because mm. we want to get our bees as far the fuck away from pesticides. Mm. Um, one, so that we can actually give our customers truly clean products that are yeah. made to heal. 
And two, so that we can help to support bee populations because bees pollinate one third of our food supply. So forget mm-hmm. my products. Mm-hmm. If we lose the bees, we're losing things like almonds, avocados, mm-hmm. berries, apples, even things like coffee are partially bee pollinated. And then beyond the foods we eat, think about like wildflowers all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we lose the bees, it would just be devastating for our ecosystem at large yeah. because of all the different creatures that rely on the crops they pollinate and Absolutely. all the plants that can't self-pollinate. Yeah. And we've been seeing a really terrible decline in, in bee populations. Mm. It started really in 2006. And I mean, there's a lot of factors at play here that are affecting mm-hmm. the bees. A big one is climate change, mm-hmm. really devastating to the bees. Um, another big thing is pesticides. So in 2006, when they took DDT out of the game, remember that whole thing? Mm. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, a lot of different animals were dying, but so they took away DDT and they replaced it with this chemical called neonicotinoids. That's the most common class of pesticides used today, neonics for short, and it's a neuroactive substance. And it's really devastating mm. to the bees. It's, um, it affects their spatial reasoning. It's killing them. A study actually came out from Harvard that established a pretty direct cause. Mm. Uh, but it's, you know, pesticide companies are massive and it's very hard to get people to change their practices around this. Um, there's momentum in other parts of the world to stop. So in Canada, Ontario was the first, that's where I'm from, <laughs> the first <laughs> province, shout out, the six. Um, <laughs> so Ontario was the first province to institute a partial ban on neonicotinoids. Mm. Okay. Um, in Europe, that's happened a little bit. Yeah, other parts of the world, it's been better. America, not so much. Yeah. Um, we've moved a lot of our production to Canada for that reason, because it's mm. getting really, really hard to find clean green space in the U.S. Mm. So here's another thing to consider when you're buying organic honey, just to, yeah, this is really hard for consumers. So here's the thing about organic honey. It's kind of bullshit Mm. because let's say there's this beautiful farm that has bees on it, certified organic, amazing. The problem is you can't put a leash on the bees. Mm -hmm. And if they're flying next door, they're going to be exposed to pesticides and the bees can forage for up to a five mile radius. So unless there's guaranteed clean grounds, like five miles on all sides basically Mm. unless you're on like an island it's you can't really guarantee organic yeah yeah so even if it's yeah labeled certified we've been talking a lot about this lately yeah that like the the organic lie of sorts like Mm -hmm. things can be labeled organic and people think they're making healthier or um just better choices all around from skincare products to food products and beyond but Without doing deeper research, it's not necessarily true. Exactly. So scary. Um, For anyone listening who's new to your products, can you share what products you carry as well on Mm -hmm. your website? And I know you're, are you, are you in all 50, are you all around the country? Yeah, we're, you're like everywhere. We ship internationally. (laughs) Are Um, you, and are you distributed? So what's your, what's your like physical retail distribution? And so we're mostly online. Most of our sales okay. are online. Um, but then yeah, we're in, depending on where you are, we have a store list online, but we're in okay. like whole foods all across Canada okay. in the U S we're in like Arawan central markets, mm-hmm. um, alfalfas. We have a full store list online. So okay. That's great. people check can check there. it out. Um, just to touch on the pesticide thing again. So it's really hard to find actually organic product. Mm. Um, what we do is our hives are in the middle of nowhere, like literally the middle of nowhere, like in the Rockies in Canada, places like that. And then beyond that, all of our raw product before it goes into the bottle, jar, whatever, we send it to a third-party lab and we test for every pesticide, toxin, and pollutant. So incredible. In accordance with Health Canada, which is more rigorous than the U.S. And we yeah. do that because... Shocker. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, we do that because I won't make a product that I can't take every day and I have like the most sensitive system. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little woo-woo, but I feel like all of my health shit was very meant to be because it forced me to be a guinea pig and really mm-hmm. find products that yeah. I needed. And for that reason, we can really cater to the autoimmune community and people with sensitive systems and people who are having a really hard time finding solutions. So that's kind of what we do to counter that. Mm. And then our products. So we have a propolis spray, which I am obsessed with. It's, so it's a little spray. It's like great for cold, flu, sore throat, inflammation. I use it literally every day just to prevent getting sick. And then I also use it um, to help with my digestion. It's really yummy too. It tastes like nice and sweet. Yeah, and there's zero grams of sugar. It's actually keto friendly, mm. and all we don't right. do refined sugar or anything. Um, honey obviously has sugar, yeah. but yeah. 
Um, our propolis, all that's in there is non-GMO vegetable glycerin, purified water, and hand-harvested propolis. Mm. So super clean, simple formulas. We just came out with a propolis for kids. So it's our cold mm. and flu for kids. And that one, it's a propolis mixed with buckwheat honey. Mm. There was this really interesting study that came out, and it was comparing dextromethorphan, which is an active ingredient in most over-the-counter cold mm. and flu for kids. Mm. Um, and it was comparing it to buckwheat honey. And it was mm. like double-blind placebo, really good science. And it found that buckwheat honey was just as effective as this, like, shitty chemical that's in our cherry-flavored cough syrup. Mm. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, obviously we need to make a product for kids. (laughs) Yeah. So we just launched that one. Yeah, that's a really good one. We've actually had awesome feedback. And I'm excited about that, too, because clean products for kids are so important. So important. Um, So, yeah, so propolis for adults, propolis for kids. We have this really cool product called Belixir Brain Fuel. It's these shots that are for focus, memory, concentration. Um, They're caffeine-free, but they're great for boosting energy levels as well. And what's in there, it's royal jelly, which is a substance the bees make. And then we have Bacopa Monieri, which is... Uh, it's an adaptogenic extract from a leaf traditionally used in Ayurvedic medicine, Mm. and then ginkgo biloba. Mm. And so we have those three ingredients combined to really sort of get you in the zone, maximize productivity. I actually love them for jet lag. Mm. It feels like kind of cutting through the fog. And then we did a liquid formula because we're all about science. And um, we did some testing for bioavailability, and we found that in the liquid format, that's how your body could best access it. Those ones are also keto-friendly, zero grams of sugar. We have our bee-powered superfood honey. It's like Manuka times a million. Delicious also. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. You're right, girl. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so bee-powered. A lot of people do facials with it as well. Mm. So that's, it's a, it's basically a medicinal grade honey. So it's mm-hmm. a raw honey with medicinal grade dosages of all the hive superfoods. So in one teaspoon, you're getting 745 milligrams of royal jelly. 532 milligrams of pollen and 43 milligrams of propolis and it's all in the raw honey base so it's like royal jelly for your brain propolis for your immune system Mm -hmm. pollen for protein um and then the other cool thing with that product is when you combine bee products they have synergistic effects so Mm -hmm. when you combine raw honey with royal jelly it actually becomes a source of bifidobacteria so probiotic Mm. and then propolis is prebiotic yeah um, but a lot of people take, so I just do a teaspoon to be powered on an empty stomach. Like that's the first thing I put in my body in the morning. We have a lot of people who use it for energy boosting. We have all other people who, you know, just use it as like a classic superfood honey, put it mm-hmm. in their smoothies and recipes, whatever you want to do. And we have our bee chill line, which is our CBD honey. So it's raw honey with, again, medicinal grade dosages of CBD. So in our jars, it's 28 milligrams of hemp oil per serving. Um, And then in our to-go packs, it's 20 milligrams. So we do high potency formulas and it's 0% THC. So just the chill, no, none of the trippy stuff. No No high. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I take it. I was telling you guys when you came over, I have like, I like threw out my back because I'm a hundred years old now. And um, I've been taking the chill sticks all day and like literally saving my life. Um, and then we have our cacao honey, which is just raw honey with organic Ecuadorian cacao. And it's like a natural Nutella that's just so good. We have our bee pollen, which is our wildflower raw bee pollen. And then we have some different honey varietals. That's great. That's amazing. That's so many products. I know. So I <laughs> check out. And we, yeah, we've tried them. We love them. We're, yeah. we're such so huge excited. fans. Especially, I'm getting it like perfect timing for singing for singing holiday season, where everybody's like always just fighting whatever mm-hmm. whatever the like newest little virus that's going around. Is. Mm-hmm. So it's really I'm, I'm so happy to have this come into my life at this point. Um, so as a business owner and this like incredible boss who's doing such amazing things, what does self-care look like for you? How do you take care of yourself and just prioritize your self-care? Thank you for saying I'm an incredible business owner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm obsessed with health and wellness. I'm literally researching and reading about it all the time. And so I love incorporating just different new superfoods and testing them out on myself. Again, shout out for my 20 ingredient tonic that you guys watch me make. It's true. <laughs> yeah. What is in your tonic that you keep referencing? Do you want oh to share? God. It's okay. So in my tonic, it's the best thing in the world. So gyrosema tea is the base. I did a teaspoon of bee powered. I have um, some CBD honey in it. I have propolis in there. I have shaga. 
cin- not not even cinnamon. It's called Ceylon, which is like expensive Fancy cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, it's bougie cinnamon. <laughs> Um, what else did I put in here? You put, I saw you put some like vital proteins. Oh yes, yes, yes. Some vital proteins, collagen. Um, I put this, um, the Paul Stamen's mushroom dropper, Mm -hmm. put some of that in there. And yeah, I think that's all of it. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, I put a a teaspoon of, um, Hisha Wu. Okay. Yep. And there's also some pollen in there. Yeah, a lot of stuff. It's a magic tonic. It's uh, it's magic, yeah. But so I do that. I'm I'm really trying to meditate and journal. I have balance is something I've really struggled with. I'm so type A. Yeah. Um, And then also the company has just been moving at a really fast pace, and it's exciting and amazing. But like when you're, this is the thing. Like CEO sometimes sounds like an important job title. What that really means, at least for our company, it means that you work for everyone else. Like mm-hmm. I am everybody's go-to. Mm-hmm. I like it's my job to make sure everyone's happy, everyone has what they need, and everyone's empowered to do their best work. And I love that position. But it's a lot. It's like, and it's really easy to forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky that I have such a caring team, and like we run this company like a family. And um, my COO, he's always like, okay, you should go to sleep now. Like, he'll, like, like message me. He'll help you with your software. Yeah, yeah, he'll be like, yeah, he, he actually does. Like he, he did something recently where he enforced weekend blocks on my calendar. Mm. So I stopped booking myself on weekends. Mm. Um, but we all take care of each other like that. And so my work right now, it's really hard for me to slow down without feeling guilty about uh-huh. what I'm not doing and yeah. not just like get into a state where I'm like, half chilling but really just running over my to-do list yeah so I'm trying really hard to carve out times where I can actually tune out and for me a lot of the time that means a workout I work out you know four or five days a week mm-hmm. um and that's like really my time and that's a really important thing for me and getting into nature I actually this was so awesome so a lot of our workforce is distributed um we have an office in Toronto but our U.S. team we're all remote which is awesome because we can, you know, work from anywhere. Yeah. And I was working a few weeks ago and I was like, I, I had an afternoon where I just had a ton of calls and I was like, Oh, I can just take calls from the beach. Like, why can't I be in a bikini while yeah. I'm on these calls? Absolutely. <laughs> and so doing, giving myself permission. And like, of course, usually I need my computer when I'm on calls and <laughs> right. it's not the best Wi-Fi situation. Um, but giving myself permission to do things like that once mm, in a while yeah. is really helpful and just taking a step back. That's great. It's a beautiful thing about Southern California too, is that you have a little bit, a little bit more of that opportunity than like yes. New York in the winter. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, you know, something you said earlier too about like, not, you know, like there's this concept I really love in Buddhism called karma intermission. And it's like, you were born with this autoimmune disease and you got super sick on this amazing trip that you're like, you know, your study abroad in Italy. But so this was like your karma or whatever struggle that you were going to have with your illness and with, you know, not being able to heal your body and then getting sick on this amazing trip, but you took it and turned it into your mission, which is to heal people like you said and through healing yourself you're now helping other people heal themselves with similar um situations and I think that's why it's so incredible as you were saying that's why you go through all of those steps with your product to make sure it's the cleanest and the best so that so you you can take it and and you wouldn't give someone something that you couldn't take and so I just think that's like I've always just loved that concept of like we all have struggles we all have things that paralyze us or that can potentially paralyze us, but it's our job and our fortune if we can turn that into some sort of mission to, you know, help other people. hundred percent. I love that. And I mean, hearing your, your, both of your stories, that's what you guys did with this. And yeah. And we didn't even know it. That's the thing. It's like hearing your story too. It kind of, we didn't even know it until we were doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were yeah. like, we had no agenda for doing it. It just came to us and mm-hmm. we felt excited about it and it's like yeah now it's sort of it's inspiring to see what you've done in so many years you know that it's gone from a hobby to something that's just like made you feel happy to your you career. know it's international yeah. now and that's so exciting yeah. um so to wrap up every interview we always ask our guests do you have and it can be anything it can be something you're reading right now 
or something over the course of like your journey becoming a CEO or building a company? Do you have any books or any podcasts or any music, anything that was like inspirational to you in your own personal journey mm-hmm. with that? Definitely. So I love podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot at like the uh, Stanford Entrepreneurial Thought Leaders. Mm-hmm. That's a great podcast for just, you know, if you want to start a business, sort of a lot of great founders sharing their stories and their, their um, hardships. And so that's one that I highly recommend. If you want just like pure inspo, that's, it's not like you get some, the most amazing business takeaways, but great for inspiration and just kind of, yeah, storytelling and all that. I love um, How I Built This. Mm. It's a great one. Um, so those are probably my two go-tos with that. And then with books... I'm reading Management Principles by Ray Dalio right now. Um, Sapiens is a really great book. It's not, again, directly business-related, but it really informs a lot of how I think and Mm. um, how people on my team think. And then this is a weird one, but this is one of my favorite books of all times. And I think, at least for me, I think for most people, I think that I really think that everybody, every single one of us is capable. I don't... Like, I certainly don't have some, like, innate genius that makes me good at being a CEO or capable of starting a business. I just am a normal person who works really mm-hmm. fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and anyone can do that. Like, that is not unique to me. I'm not smarter than anyone else by any stretch. Um, so anyways, this this book called Ender's Game, it's a sci-fi book. It's, it's just all about sort of overcoming things and the human condition and you know the power we have to move through obstacles but it's also just a beautiful story and so gripping and entertaining um so that's one I really recommend thank you well thank you for joining us today where can people find you and beekeepers naturals on the internet if they don't already follow you (laughs) um well check out our instagram it's awesome beekeepers underscore naturals and you can buy all of our products at beekeepersnaturals.com great Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica. And we're Courageous Wellness.